0: Welcome to the Field Log Podcast, weekly reflections for the Warrior King to help you master yourself, fulfill your purpose, and conquer the day. I'm your host, Marcian Sicario. Field Log, Day 61, A Patient Man. I keep a spreadsheet with potential ideas for Field Logs, and whenever I come across something Maybe a quote or a thought or, you know, a Bible verse in this case that I find interesting. I'll put that down with a note where I found it, if I remember, to come back to it later. And a little while ago, and I don't remember exactly when this was, I was reading the book of Ecclesiastes, specifically chapter 7. And there is a verse in there that I found very interesting and very useful for sort of setting the stage for a field log. And that verse is Ecclesiastes 7, verse 8, right? And I have it pulled up here. And the verse reads, The end of matters is better than their beginning, and a patient man is better than one haughty in spirit. And that second half right there is what we're going to talk about today. A patient man is better than one haughty in spirit. And of course, haughtiness is just this sort of arrogant superiority that a man might have. So I want to talk about that idea today, the idea of being a patient man, why you have to be a patient man, and why that's so much better than being haughty. Right, And we'll touch on that a little bit as well. So patience, right? Patience is a virtue. We hear this all the time. You should be patient. Why is it good to be patient? Well, the reality is that... Many good things, I wouldn't say all good things, but many good things take time, right? When you want to build something, we hear this all the time, Rome wasn't built in a day. When you want to build something, it generally takes time, right? There's a metaphor from Atomic Habits that I repeat all the time with the ice cube and the heat. And I'll repeat it now. If you have an ice cube that's, let's say, 28 degrees Fahrenheit, and you heat it up one degree now it's 29 degrees Fahrenheit, it's still ice. And then you heat it up another degree, now it's 30 degrees, but it's still ice. And you keep doing that until you hit the melting point, which I think is 32 or 33 degrees Fahrenheit. That entire process is going to require a lot of work up front with no apparent benefit, right? You don't actually see the impact of what it is that you're doing. And this is true in... Many areas of life, in many of your warrior king pursuits, especially, right? Some things we're very lucky to have instant feedback that helps keep you motivated and disciplined, but many times this isn't the case, right? So if we take an example like meeting your future wife, that's an example I like to use a lot. If you look yourself in the mirror one day and you realize, I don't think that I'm the kind of man that a high-value woman would want to be married to, right? And whatever that means to you, whatever your list is, maybe she's very kind, maybe you guys have a lot in common, a lot of chemistry, maybe she's very beautiful. But whatever your list might be, maybe you realize, looking at yourself and thinking about who you are, that you aren't the kind of man that's going to be compatible with that kind of woman yet. So you might decide to change that. So you do some deconstruction, right? You listen to the field log on deconstruction. And if you haven't already, definitely go listen to that. It's a very good one. You listen to that, you listen to the one on how to be attractive, which qualities you should build, and you start to get to work, right? The first thing you might do is tackle the stuff that's obvious. That's easy. Maybe you're a little out of shape. Maybe you've gained a little bit of weight over the years. That's fine. You can change that. You know, you go keto, you start using the warrior king training protocol. You start, you know, turning down Sweets and desserts and those kinds of things. Maybe you get a nice haircut, or maybe if you have long hair, you start to take care of your hair. You get your beard cleaned up, or maybe you're clean shaven. Then maybe you tackle your wardrobe, all of the things to make yourself presentable. And then you start to do internal work, right? To build confidence and strength and authority, right? The kind of characteristics that are going to be very attractive to the kind of woman you're trying to attract. Or maybe you have certain specific qualities that you're looking for, like you want a woman who is an artist because you find that very attractive, maybe. And then you say, well, a woman like that probably wants to be with someone who is also an artist. And I am an artist, but I'm not as good as I should be. So you start working on that. You start to craft the person that you feel like you're supposed to be. And this is why I'm such a big fan of this idea of of looking for a wife or, you know, just the idea of men being interested in women in general because it kind of helps bring out the best in men if we let it, right? This is a very interesting idea. If you think back to when you were a little kid, you know, you're on the playground and a girl's watching and then you want to climb the biggest tree. It kind of brings out the best in you. You want to impress her. And, you know, you can think what you will about that, you know, that need to impress. But the reality is that it kind of helps bring out the best in you, helps motivate you to be a better man. But that entire process that I described, getting in shape, you know, losing the body fat is going to take a couple of months at least, building solid muscle is going to take at least six months, if not a year, to really build a solid foundation, cleaning up your wardrobe, learning about hair care, those kinds of things, and then doing the internal work, that can take years. And a lot of men don't have the patience to do that. Right, A lot of men are in a place, maybe you're 25, 26, 27, or maybe you're in your 30s, or maybe even your 40s, I don't know. And you start to feel like, I really need to be married now. You start looking for women, and then a lot of things that are not ideal are going to start happening. Because you start to feel this time pressure, like it has to happen now. Right? Maybe you're sick of waiting, or maybe you're worried you're getting too old and you really need to get married. You start to rush the process. You start to pursue women and date women that maybe don't match your list. You know, maybe you're looking for a woman who's very patient and kind because you just hate aggression, right? It really rubs you the wrong way. Let's say that that's the case. But you're talking to a woman and let's say she's very beautiful, but let's say she's very aggressive. Maybe she has a temper, you know, whatever it is. But you overlook that because you want to get married now. That is going to be a death sentence to you. Right, You're in the process of building yourself into the kind of man that you believe that woman would want. Right, And after you know, deconstructing the situation, you figure out these are the qualities that are most likely going to make me attractive to this kind of woman. But because you lack patience, you start to rush the process. And best case scenario, none of those relationships are going to work out anyway because you realize you just can't do it and then pursuing them was a waste of time. But at least no permanent damage was done. Worst case, you might get married to someone who's not really right for you. Right? You could end up in a relationship with someone who's not right for you. And this has happened to me in the past, right? When I was in my early 20s, I was in a relationship with somebody who wasn't right for me. Right? There were certain things that we just didn't see eye to eye on. There are certain incompatibilities. But a lot of times, for men, we can be blinded by our desire to be with somebody now. And I'm sure the same is true for women that we lose perspective of being patient. Now, in that verse in Ecclesiastes, it says a patient man is better than a man haughty in spirit, right? Better. It is a value judgment. You are a worse man if you're impatient. And you can see that right here because you getting married to a woman with whom you're compatible, a woman who meets the criteria of that you're looking for in a wife that you believe you need to have in a wife in order to have a fulfilling marriage that's going to, you know, lead to maybe similar parenting style so that your children will be happy and healthy. If you're not patient enough for that, that's going to lead to potentially catastrophic results. Right? You think it's bad being single at whatever age you're at? Imagine being married to somebody and let's say you have a child and after 3 years it's just not tenable anymore and then God forbid you get a divorce. Now you have a child that has to grow up, maybe your wife has sole custody, maybe you have split custody, and that's going to be very difficult for that child, so you've caused a lot of damage with your lack of patience. You can't let that happen. Impatience will lead you to make rash decisions, to make bad decisions, and you will be a worse man because of it. Right? This is an objective value judgment, right from the scriptures. You will be worse. Because of it. A patient man is better than one haughty in spirit, right? An arrogant man, a man who feels superior. That that should be really scary to you, right? The idea of rushing into a decision that's not good for you. You have to be patient. Another example of this might be maybe you're on the job search. And let's say, you know, God forbid you were laid off or you don't have a job right now and you feel like you really need the money. And you're interviewing for some jobs and let's say you have some good leads and one of the jobs offers you, you know, you get the offer from the job. And you're still interviewing with the other job, but you're so desperate, so eager to get a job that you just sign with the first one that presents you an offer. And maybe one of the other ones you were interviewing with would have also given you an offer and that position was much better. So having patience, having the ability to endure uncertainty is necessary to be a good man. is necessary to be an effective man. Now, if we think about the second half of the verse, why is it comparing the patient man to a man haughty in spirit, right? you think that the opposite of patience would be impatience. So why is it saying that a patient man is better than an arrogant man? Well, based on the footnotes, right? I have my Orthodox Study Bible here. The footnotes for that whole section don't explicitly address the difference between patience and a haughty man, but it does read, In Christ the song of senseless men has been turned into the worship of the faithful. In Christ the song of senseless men has been turned into the worship of the faithful. And the latter days, not the former days, are better. And then it says, so much for the good old days. So it's essentially saying that a haughty man is a senseless man. Right, So we're really getting a step above here and seeing that patience is the quality of a man who has sense, right? a man who thinks properly. And then arrogance and disdain is the view of a man who has no sense. So we can trace all of this back to wisdom, which makes sense because if I recall correctly, the book of Ecclesiastes is part of what's called the wisdom literature. So not only is patience required to be a good man, Patience is just a part of wisdom, which we all know is required to be a good man and effective man. You have to have wisdom. And the only way you build wisdom, I say this all the time, is experience. There is no substitute for experience. It doesn't matter how intelligent you are. Right? When I was young, right, even as young as 13 or 14 or 15, I was very arrogant because I thought I knew everything. And now that I'm 28, I'm twice as old. I realized just how little I knew then and just how little I know now and realizing that knowledge and wisdom is a lifelong pursuit and that requires patience. So not only is there a practical component as to why you have to be patient, there is also a spiritual component, right? That you can't build wisdom without patience, that you can't, you know, you could be praying to God to cure you of of a certain sin habit Right? Maybe you're prone to violence or maybe something severe, you know, like fornication or something or gluttony. And you're praying to God. He's like, God, please take the sin away from me. Help me overcome this. But you keep relapsing again and again. And I have some friends who've shared with me their struggles with certain sins and consistently falling back into those sins. But every time they get back up, right? This is a little anecdote that I've heard where someone asked a monk... You know, what is it that you do all day at the monastery? And the monk said, well, we fall and we get back up. We fall and we get back up. So the proper approach to the spiritual life is to try your best to pray to God, to rely on God, and then when you make a mistake, you pray for forgiveness, you go to confession, you repent, and you try again. And that requires patience. So for your spiritual life, patience is required for your stewardship, right? If you're trying to build wealth, if you're trying to build a career, right? I've been a software developer full-time since I graduated, right? For six years now. And before then, I had internships and personal projects. And to this day, I'm like, man, there's so much I don't know about the field that I'm in. It's going to really take a lot of patience to start to feel like I'm an expert at this stuff. And you know, over the years, your earnings start to go up, your salary goes up, and maybe you start investing. And those investments also take years to flourish. So if you want to be rich tomorrow, this isn't for you. Right? The warrior king life isn't about quick fixes. It's about fundamental changes in your approach and view to life. Right? To commit yourself to God, to commit yourself to stewardship, to commit yourself to your body and, you know, everything else. They're called the seven commitments for a reason. Is that you say, "I'm in this for the long run." Right, your entire life is going to be work. I said that I think last week in a field log. Your entire life is meant to be work, right? So you have to find a balance. You can't just do it all in one hit and think that you can master everything in one go. It requires patience. So, that being said, you have to learn to be happy where you are, right? To find joy in your day to day. You know, like sometimes life can get very monotonous you know, doing the same thing every day. But that's what's required of you to become a great man, to become an asset to other people. So you have to find the joy in every day, right? Connect with your friends, spend time with them, spend time with your pet, right? If you have it, I have a cat. I love my cat very much. She's very, you know, she's very sweet. She's one of the sweetest cats I've ever met. She doesn't hiss, she doesn't bite, she doesn't scratch. I enjoy hanging out with her, spending time with her, you know, when I'm by myself, I mean just her. You have to enjoy the process, right? When you're working, don't say, I have to. Never say, I have to. Say, I get to. What a blessing it is that I get to go train today, that I have working arms and working legs, that I have enough money to afford the gym, that I have enough money to afford a lot of protein, which can be very expensive and high quality food, you know, grass-fed butter and grass-fed, grass-finished beef. Those things aren't cheap. It's a blessing that I get to do this, that I get to pursue this. There are plenty of people who don't have the time or maybe have some sort of physical disability or don't have the facilities to be able to, or the money to be able to train. It's a blessing that we get to do this. So don't, like I said the other day, Marcus Aurelius says, never be overheard complaining, even by yourself. Don't complain that you get to pursue your life's purpose. It's a blessing. Right, Being able to go to church, don't say, oh, I have to go to church. Never, ever, ever say, I have to go to church or I have to pray. No, you get to go to church. There were times where Christianity was very persecuted, right? especially in Orthodoxy. We know this, even in the last century, in Soviet Russia. If you've ever read some of the stories of what the Soviets did, to pious Orthodox Christians in Russia. It'll curl your hair. They would bury priests alive. They would chop up priests in front of their families, right? They would execute nuns, destroy church buildings. You get to live in a country where you can live out your faith. Most likely, if you're listening to this, you're probably somewhere in the West. And that's a blessing, So enjoy the process and be patient. God's timing is perfect. You work on things. You become the person you're supposed to be. It takes time. But then in the end, you will truly be the man you're supposed to be. So at this point, I would imagine that you at least are starting to get an understanding of why patience is so important. Not only practically, but also, you know, ethereally, spiritually. Now, the natural question that flows from that, of course, is how do we build patience? And I, ha- I do have some practical exercises that you can use to build patience, right? I think a lot of impatience comes from one of two things. First, things get boring to you, right? You get tired of waiting. You want the excitement of the achievement. So you're impatient. So boredom. And then the second thing would be not enjoying what it is that you're doing right now or where you're at. So you want to be somewhere else, thinking that that new place will make you happy. So let's talk about the first one first, boredom. And we've talked about this many times before. We've talked about this in the episode on boredom, right? We've talked about this in the episode on seeking solitude, is that you have to do things that are lower stimulation, Right, if you want to become a patient person, if you want to be able to take something as simple as sit in the waiting room at your doctor's office for 45 minutes without you know, getting antsy, you have to be comfortable sitting somewhere where there's no stimulation. And the way you do that is by seeking out things that you currently find boring. Right? Spend time driving in the car in complete silence. Spend time in prayer for 15, 20, 30 minutes, however long you can manage do things that are lower stimulation, you know, things like reading a book over watching TV. And we talked about that extensively yesterday. So you have to tackle the tendency to be bored first, right? And you can see that all of these different things, right? We talked about seeking out stillness in in the stillness episode, in the boredom episode. In yesterday's episode, I was talking about short form media, right? Short form content. Being calm, being present, being centered, being aware, all of these things sort of start to paint a picture in your mind of the man you're supposed to be, right? A still man, a patient man, a present man, a man who can do things that others find boring and just work away day and night. You hear this phrase all the time that overnight successes are usually 10 years in the making. It took 10 years to be an overnight success if you will. So you have to build the ability to show up, do the work, enjoy it, find joy in it, find joy in being alive. And once you've conquered that, you know, your tendency to be bored and it's a lifelong pursuit, you're going to keep getting better and better at this. The second step is enjoying where you're at currently. That's going to help you be patient, right? Let's say, for example, you're at a theme park or something and there's a ride you really want to go on and you show up and they're like, oh, it's a 45 minute wait, but we'll take your name down. You just come back in 45 minutes or something like that. And you might say, okay, let's go check out another ride while we're waiting. And there's another one. There's no line. It's going to take about 30 or so minutes. So are you going to be impatient to get to that ride that you really want to get to? Or are you going to enjoy the other ride? Right? They're both good. They're both enjoyable rides. So even though you're waiting for something else, you're not getting impatient because you're enjoying what you're doing in the present moment. So, you have to organize your life around what brings you joy, right? What invigorates you, what energizes you. If you're pursuing something, if you're trying to build a business, I really, really, really think that you should pursue something that you're passionate about, right? And if there is no options and you realize that the thing that you have to do is just something that's a drag for you, try to find joy in it anyway, even if it's just in the sensation of I'm pushing myself and that brings me joy, right? I oftentimes say that the gym is painful or uncomfortable, or not very enjoyable. And I I say that sort of as a talking point, a bit tongue-in-cheek. At the end of the day, it does bring me great fulfillment and great joy to do that. So you have to try to find joy wherever it is that you're at. right? You have to build patience. You have to be a patient man because a patient man is better than a man who is disdainful, than a man who is superior, than a man who is arrogant. Right? Those are qualities of a man who wants what he wants now. You can't be that man. God has a plan. Put in the work. Be who you're supposed to be. And be patient in the process. And if you do that, not only will life become much more enjoyable, but you will become a better man because of it. That's it for this week's Field Log. If you like what you heard today, you can follow this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on right now. You can also rate the show. That always helps out a lot. You can find me on Instagram, threads, and TikTok at marcian.cx for field log snippets, art, philosophy, and training-related content. You can also visit the website at marcian.cx for much more of the same. I'm still working on consolidating the Warrior King content into the Marcion.cx project. So check back at the website soon for the new and improved Warrior King training protocol, which is going to include supersets and my updated supplement recommendations. There's also a 2024 goal-setting guide on the way, and of course, the Warrior King newsletter. If any of that sounds appealing to you, the links to everything are in the show notes below. It's all free, and as always, conquer the day.